listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. And welcome to Unlucky, episode 13 of the Testudo Times Podcast. Was there actually a football game this weekend? I'm not aware. I was watching Tottenham beat Manchester City 4-1 and the Mets clinched the NLEs. So if there was a football game, I'm unaware. Wait, hold on. Sources are telling me there was, in fact, a football game this weekend. Pete, uh, was there a football game this weekend? I don't remember any. You don't? Nope. Nothing? Nothing. There were, there were some good uh, national games around the country. Maryland didn't play. Oh, okay. okay. Maryland was supposed to play. Maryland didn't play. Ah, uh, right. Right. Okay. Uh, I have heard through some uh, back channels that somebody else did go to Morgantown to see uh, something. Don't know why you'd want to go to Morgantown anyway. Uh, his name is Matt Ellentuck, who I'm also being told has never been on the podcast before. Uh, did you go to Morgantown, West Virginia for something this weekend? Uh, I did, but it definitely wasn't a football game. Then uh, what was it? I just went to visit friends, you know, try to avoid anything that had to do with football. Ceremonial couch burning? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Morgantown was fun. Until, <laughs> <laughs> until the game. Okay. So that let's, didn't happen. But. The game that didn't happen. Okay, let's, right. well, let's, let's be honest. There was a football game. Maryland didn't really play football. I don't know what they were doing, but there was a game of football that was played. But before we get that, Pete, uh, you made a big announcement this week. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, I, uh, I'm still going to be around, but Alex is taking over day-to-day operations at the Sioux Times along with Dave uh, as I move my focus more towards my full-time position with Espanish. That's Thank good. You. Yes. So that means you no longer have to manage a site on a day-to-day basis where people will consistently ask, is Chip Kelly going to be the next Maryland coach? <laughs> yeah, I can be one of those people now. Yes, you can. And annoy Alex just as much. But <laughs> you will still be writing and you will still be on this podcast basically all the time. I will, yes. I don't know who to annoy with messages anymore, but... It's I Alex. Alex. I guess, I guess Alex. Yeah. And me, and me. But I'll be annoying you with messages for the podcast. There isn't really much to talk about when it comes to the West Virginia game. Uh, I'll start with Pete. Was that as bad or worse than expected for you? Uh, It was worse than expected, and I expected really bad things. I remember laughing uh, before the game because I posted something on the Testudo Times Facebook about, like, hey, this could be a really bad game. And one commenter, who I won't name, who is consistently negative on the Facebook page, said... Uh, it doesn't hurt to be positive or something along the lines like criticizing us for being negative. It's like, I'm just trying to warn you all, this is going to be bad. And it was worse than that. I mean, Maryland looked awful and uh, West Virginia looked really, really good. And if West Virginia really is a playoff team, then I think you can feel a little less bad about this. But uh, the season's early and uh, it doesn't look good. It does not look good. Uh, Matt, you were at the game. Was it as bad in person as it was on grainy Fox Sports 1 after the game was moved to Fox Sports 2 because of truck racing, which was, oddly enough, (laughs) more fun to watch? Yeah, it was probably 35 to 40 times worse in person. Um, (laughs) It was actually weird. Most people, uh, as we were walking in and kind of, I guess, felt awkward, I guess, talking to us as we were decked out of Maryland gear were saying how they were taking the spread uh, in our favor. They're like, I don't, you know, I don't know if we're going to cover, I think it was a 17, 17 and a half point spread, whatever it was. 
And then, I mean, we had also nothing positive to say back. We were like, oh, that's really not sure if that's a great choice. We're probably going to spend more than that. <laughs> uh, we were really no threat to any West Virginia fans there, which I found interesting. Well, because what do we have to threaten them with? <laughs> we accept our school, is, our school is better than your school. They've got scoreboard in basketball right now. They do have scoreboard in basketball. They won't this year, hopefully. Uh, so it was very bad. Is there anything that was particularly bad that you want to single out, or do you not want to talk about it anymore? Uh, oh, me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think really Maryland's passing game was atrocious. Uh, you know, they watching Caleb Brogue in South Florida, you're like, hey, why wasn't this guy starting the whole time, coaches? And watching Caleb Brogue against West Virginia, is like, oh, uh, I guess Maryland doesn't really have a quarterback then. Uh, Dax Carmen played the best out of any of the three, but that was against the second unit of West Virginia. I just don't know how Maryland is going to like win games without a passing attack. Well, we kind of theorized that before. Is, it, is this any better of a passing attack than Maryland had with Perry Hills? Yeah, someone said something along the lines of, like, it's just the same as with Hills. And, like, they're both bad, but it's different kinds of bad. Um, you know, with Perry Hills, defenses can stack a box because he can't throw it deep, so that cuts off the running game as well as Hills' short passing. But with Rowe, he turns the ball over so much that even the positives he get back are almost entirely negated. So if Rowe improves his decision-making, um, it could get better. I think that's, you know, that's why you kind of have to stick with either Rowe or Garmin because the upside's better but the downside's probably worse. But not like it's going to change much if Maryland's going to lose anyway, as you're now surmising. Uh, yeah, right? it's it's going to be tough. I mean, I you look at the win projections right now, Maryland is expected by uh, S&P Plus, an advanced stats measure, to lose its next game by double digits, next six games, each by double digits. It's going to be rough. And then... Maryland is projected to win the final two games of the season against Indiana and Rutgers, which I found surprising. Uh, but there's time yet for Maryland to uh, change that prediction. Either way. Anything you want to add to that, Matt? This is going to be a rough next eight games. Um, I find it almost – I find Caleb Rose starting next week to almost be like stomach-turning just thinking about having all the home fans have to watch probably what's going to be another beatdown against Michigan. Uh, I feel like Rose starting is almost more of a, well, uh, more of just a, where am I going with here? It's more of a, uh, we don't really have another option. And then if like if we started Dax this week and Dax was absolutely terrible, we don't have a fourth option. So I almost feel like we're starting Caleb Road just because we don't have another option after Dax, and that's going to be the next question. So we're almost holding off the inevitable. Hey, speaking of fourth option, though, Don Marcus of the Baltimore Sun made a joke about it on Twitter. But we are, like, this close to seeing 12-gauge Gage Schaefer enter the game at quarterback for Maryland, the true freshman from West Virginia. Oh. I mean, like, I like if Randy Etzel is on the verge of a – if it's, you know, if what happens as predicted is true and Maryland loses the next six games handedly and ends up at two and eight and none of the quarterbacks are working and Randy Etzel definitely has to win those final two games to save his job, you would presume. Maybe he goes to Gage Schaefer. I mean, what's a redshirt at that point? 
Nothing. I thought you were going to mention Shane Cockrell. Sure, Shane Cockrell, Will Ulmer. I mean, just bring them all back. <laughs> Everybody, bring back Sean Petty. Don't do that. That yes. sounds like a Hashtag terrible. Bring back Sean Petty. I mean, oh, Sean geez. Petty played better than any of Maryland's quarterbacks this year. Honestly, I find I find that amazing to believe. It's true. Uh, so Caleb Rose starting. Is there any reason? I mean, do you agree with it? I just think that Maryland has no other option. Yeah. Now, I- I'm going to mention this. The weather forecast on Saturday night looks harrowing, so I don't think anybody's going to be throwing the ball that much. How harrowing is that, Matt? Um, when I say there's a possibility of a hurricane affecting the area, yeah. I'm not, I'm not joking about that, by the way. So that might actually help Maryland. <laughs> it might, although they wouldn't play in hurricane conditions. I'm not going to speculate on that on the air. I'm just saying that bad things could be happening from the weather, which would be worse than Maryland football. Back to the point. <laughs> Caleb Rowe. game sounds great. Yeah, uh, sure. Oh, well, Maryland wouldn't have to play. Jim Harbaugh went to College Park for his first Big Ten win, and he left without it. Sounds Yay! good to me. That would be fun. It would be really unfortunate, though, for my friends who, are, uh, who write for the Michigan Daily who would have to come here and then get trapped. Oh, well, poor guys. Oh, there's anyway. tons to do in College Park. There's a uh, there's uh, what would other you things. Uh, other things to do when there is a possible hurricane in the area? Uh, uh, yeah, you stay in the dorms and you drink. I think if I remember. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't remember what I did during Sandy. Okay, we're getting way off topic. So Caleb Rose starting is does it is it because Maryland really has no other option at this point? Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, you you're gonna see Dax Garman. I think more is is probable just because he did look pretty good against West Virginia. But it's clear that with where he entered the season on the depth chart and uh, with the decision to start Rowe next week, that Maryland doesn't have quite as much confidence in him as to say, like, yeah, we feel okay putting him out there as a starter. So if they've seen that and they've seen what we've seen from the quarterbacks, I mean, they're not literally blind. Uh, These are professional football coaches who see a quarterback situation that is very bad. And if they've seen all that and said, yeah, really, though, Caleb's our best option, they're probably right. And that's sad. And their fault for not getting a better option. (laughs) Well, I want to continue this discussion into a question that I have before we move on to some listener questions. Personnel, we knew that the personnel was going to be a bit rough this year, especially a quarterback. Do we have, I mean, and because the coaches are in direct control of personnel, do they really have any other many choices and ways to fix this? I mean, they tried to. They brought in Dax Garman, so they clearly knew that there was some sort of issue, but, I mean, what do you think? I mean, personnel across the team is not as good as it was a year ago, let's be honest. Right, right. Pete? Yeah, well, I think that there are places where the personnel is better from last year, but overall, especially at quarterback, which is weird to say considering how many fans felt about C.J. Brown, um, Maryland's all-time total touchdowns leader, as I like to remind every time he's brought up. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's really been a decline there. And uh, you were talking about the questions on Twitter. Yes. And I think it's a very good one from Josh Weber, who asked, football was projected to be 3-1 and one right now, and instead they're still 2-2. Two and two. Why so much negativity? I this understand. Is, we could speak about this for hours. I understand the team looks real bad, and the coaching decisions have been bad, but we are what we thought that we were. I think those are actually very good points, but I think that it's still good. I think maybe not good, but I think there is still plenty of reason to be upset with this because like you mentioned, 
we knew Maryland was going to be bad this year, but it wasn't unavoidable. I mean, like, this is Randy Etzel's team. This is his first team filled with his players in College Park. He recruited this team. Um, he coached this team. And they're bad. And that's his fault. And I think beyond, you know, 2-2 two and two versus 3-1, and one, it's how those two losses came. Uh, now, West Virginia might be a playoff team, which would make just like a horrible road loss acceptable, I think. You know, just like you have people who say, you know, I really wish Maryland had kept it close with Ohio State. It's like, sure, I wish that too. But that's not really reasonable to judge Randy Etzel on just because of how far ahead Ohio State is in Maryland. And if West Virginia is truly a top 10 team, which they look like so far, but I don't know if that's actually going to hold up, then okay, you can accept that. But to just get embarrassed by Bowling Green and to be put in a position where in a Big Ten that's not, you know, elite right now, Maryland's in a position to win their next six, lose their next six games, sorry, by double digits. And that's not, not Randy Etzel's fault, if that makes sense. I mean, you can have low expectations for a season and then when those expectations aren't met and it's like, lower i think it's personally reasonable to be uh, perfectly reasonable to be frustrated especially in year five mm-hmm. and especially when in year five on an under talented team you're getting called for double digit penalties in two games in a row yep um because if you're all about like discipline and leadership and there's no discipline on the field then what are you doing but there was apparently leadership the players Lots today called an uh a players only meeting that randy edsel didn't know about i don't know and then he and then he uh, quoted uh, what, what what movie did he quote incorrectly? Oh, uh, it's it's getting better and better down here, isn't it? Matt, do you That's... have anything to add to this uh, greater discussion? What did you think Maryland was going to be coming into this new season? Uh, oh man, well my focus has always been, uh, hey, basketball's coming in a couple of months. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, the forecast was bad for football. We I don't think anyone expected this bad, but. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not really that much good positivity to add here. So there's not much to add here in general. Uh, Pete, Michigan's coming in this weekend. Michigan is actually pretty good, despite what I wanted to say on the first podcast. Apparently that was more Utah than it was Michigan. Mm-hmm. Now, I made the proviso that weather's going to be a huge factor, whether this game is played at 8 o'clock at noon or not at all. Based on forecasting, that could change. It might not, not be played at all. But it's going to be raining a lot. So is that a bit of an equalizer for Maryland, or does it not change anything? Well, the thing is, it, it could be an equalizer just because with crazy weather comes crazy things. But Michigan's success isn't from, like, some high-powered passing attack. They have, so far, one of the best defenses in the nation um, and an effective running game that, while not big on explosive plays, has been able to move the ball enough to get the team in position to score points. Michigan hasn't been great at finishing drives, just like Maryland. But they get in position plenty more, giving them opportunities to, to win games. And uh, over these past three weeks, you mentioned the touchdown loss to Michigan, which uh, they played all right. But, uh, you know, especially considering what we know now about Utah. But in terms of percentile performance, uh, basically how it's a measurement of how a team performed. Uh, basically, if, if it was against a neutral opponent. Like, you take a baseline opponent and you try and measure, okay, how did this team just do on their own merit? Uh, and 90, in the past three games, it's been 97th percentile, 97th percentile, 99th percentile. 
Michigan's basically been playing like a top five team. They come to College Park against a team that's playing like a very low level power five team. And uh, the rain could help, but it's looking ugly either way. Mm hmm. So, well, the rain's going to be very ugly. Let's get to another question. It was from um, Ted Kuglikowski. Do you think it's possible Randy Edsel doesn't last the season? If they lose the six in a row, that would be before Indiana. I don't think fire. Well, they could do that. Yeah. Do you think it would happen? The only reason I don't think he's going to get fired before the end of the season is because the season ends with Indiana and Rutgers, which are by far the two best opportunities for wins. So, like, the only outcome that results in that is if he loses one or both of those games. Um, that's where it starts to become, like, possible. And by that point, it's so late that I don't know what they do. Mm-hmm. Matt, do you think Randy Edsel gets fired during the season, or what, what, what would you say? I think we should ask uh, my new Twitter fo follower, by Edsel. I think, ah! I, think, I think he's got an opinion. I, yeah. think, a I think a lot of people have an opinion. Uh, you aren't managing the site anymore, but you were last week, and you were on Saturday. What, was, it as was the criticism for Edsel and the amount of people wanting him out as much as we think it is? Oh, it's, it's higher than ever, and it's always been very, very high. Um, it's very interesting because we haven't seen Kevin Anderson, the athletic director, with a coach under fire. I mean, it's one thing to be the athletic director at Army, where I think a lot of people give him undue flack for his time there because Army is a very difficult program to try and build success out of. But there's also not much uh, fan pressure when it comes to the football program, especially as far as realistic expectations go. With Maryland, there's a lot of this pressure. And, you know, at some point, I believe, over these next six games, if Maryland does lose by a lot in each of them, as expected, uh, he might have to, like, make a comment. And we haven't seen that before, which would be interesting. I did mention that on a previous podcast. I mean, yeah. We haven't seen anything from, from Kevin Anderson about a, replacing a coach like this, because he hired both of them, mm -hmm. but these are his guys. Because pre firing Pregen, Gary Williams retiring, those weren't his guys. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a fascinating discussion. And A. Eckert asked a question about recruiting. I think that this is another thing that a lot of people are talking about. Yes. Dwayne Haskins made a point on, to put, say on Twitter after the game, I'm coming to Maryland, coach or not. So yes. that's, that's nice. Don't know about any of the other recruits. But what would you what would you say about that with recruiting with in in football? Tino Ellis also said the same thing, basically. Um, so that I mean that would be great. But I would caution against reading too much into what kids say on Twitter, uh, just because they're teenagers. And I don't know how many of you all remember when you were teenagers, but a you can change your mind easily, um, especially when circumstances change drastically. I think it's very easy to say, especially in a situation where you've like committed to a school with a head coach you're like hey i like the school no matter what and then they fire their coach and you're like i could go to this school still and have no idea what's going to happen with it or i could go to a different school that also wants me that i know the coach so mm -hmm. it all depends on where it all goes who they hire when that process would start um everything that Dwayne haskins is saying suggests that he wants to stay with maryland but I've had a lot of people ask me this on Twitter, and my answer is always just, I'm not a mind reader. Nobody knows this at all right now. I mean, not even Dwayne knows it. So anybody who says that they know exactly what Haskins is going to do is lying, because it's all up in the air. That is correct. Uh, 
we're going to now move on to happier things because Matt Ellentuck, if you are a regular reader of this site, talks a lot about basketball and basketball recruiting. Isn't that great? We're going to talk about things that Maryland's good at for once. So, Matt, give us a, since this is your first time in the podcast, and for people who might listen and aren't keen readers of the site like we are, what do you do? What do I do? Yes. It's the simplest question I could possibly ask. <laughs> I'm giving you the easy ride at your, on your first show. When we get to basketball season, you're going to get difficult questions like presidents would get on 60 Minutes. All right. Well, I mean, covering basketball recruiting is has been a ton of fun as we're on the ups. Uh, Mark Turgeon has been – I don't know how he does all of this. I mean, he's everywhere. Uh, he's recruiting guys that – probably Maryland wouldn't have dreamed of getting five or so years ago. Uh, if you have been keeping up, probably our biggest target right now is a five-star forward, Wenyan Gabriel, who's been intriguing all over. He cut his list a couple of weeks ago to five schools, uh, Maryland, Duke, Kentucky, Providence, and UConn. He scheduled visits to all. He visited us three weeks ago or so. I actually happened to stumble in and see him sitting at student, the Stamp Student Union, eating with Turgeon and a couple other staff members. Tried to creepily peer over and listen to conversations, but it started getting weird, so I backed off. But uh, he didn't he didn't commit after his official visit here, which seems to be an uncommon thing. After Kevin Herter came here a few weeks ago, a four star shooting guard, and committed right away. Uh, but Wendy Gabriel is the most interesting piece in recruitment right now a ton of national guys are talking about him he seems to be trending in maryland's direction whether or not he comes here uh is up to a lot of other pieces falling in other places uh the top three likely places for him to land are us duke and kentucky but duke and kentucky are both actively searching for other four and five star forwards duke just got another four star forward recruit javin delorier a couple of days ago uh, and when Gabriel tweeted at him, congratulated him about about uh, his decision, but hasn't changed you know his plans to visit still. Uh, so we'll have to wait. Gabriel's looking at three more visits and three consecutive weekends and making a decision in about a month. I have a question for you, Matt. Sure. Um, back to Kevin Werder. I am a, but a mere football fan who watches basketball uh, when it's the season, but doesn't spend quite as much time studying up on recruits. So who is Kevin Werder, and what does he bring? Kevin Herter... Stop taking my job. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Herter's interesting. Kevin Herter's... uh, He's a true shooting guard for the most part. I know he discussed with Turgeon about, you know, I guess possibly also taking over a little bit of the ball handling, but he's a tall shooter. He played with his brother brother in high school and they both just um, they both lit up the three-point range uh i would how expect, tall are we talking uh exact heights escaping me i want to say in the six five range six six all right uh i actually saw him as well uh he's pretty hard to miss a tall tall redheaded dude uh, i saw him at the uh, ucla soccer game he came for a great weekend for maryland sports where we actually won a football game and then one exciting soccer game. Uh, but Herder is, Herder's so, a big piece. Sorry to interrupt, but from now on, take all future recruits to soccer games, not football games. At least this year. 
I agree, because Wendy Gabriel was here for the Bowling Green game. Oh, I I think I saw him in the stadium, although I wasn't at the stadium. I heard I saw tweets that people said that he was around at the stadium and was with other basketball players. I can't confirm or deny that I wasn't there. Yeah, the basketball the basketball team does a great job of uh, of touring the recruits around. I see them all over campus. Definitely a lively group that uh, players want to see. That's exciting. So, anything else about him that you want to say? Uh, Gabriel's Gabriel's so exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabriel, uh, just a little more background on Gabriel. He's probably the most um, raw five-star recruit you'll you'll see. So Gabriel could be a guy who stays a couple of years. So if Maryland could land him, this could be a piece that's here for a while. That would be very exciting. Are there any other basketball recruiting things we need to be keeping up on? Uh, we handed out a pair of offers today. I'm actually writing up on that, so hopefully that will get out tomorrow. Uh, today. Today. Today, because it's going to be posted on Wednesday. We record these on Tuesday, on this on Tuesday oh, night. My fault. See, first time on the podcast, I'm learning stuff. You're learning all the time. I'm learning the, st- I'm learning the time stuff. Yeah, we, uh, we offered another pair of 2017 forwards, uh, Jaron Johnson and Chris Wilkes. So uh, Turgeon's still on the recruiting trail. More news to come. Mm, good. Anything else that we forgot, Pete? Because, I mean, there's not really all that much to talk about. We did get questions about coaching. Yeah, if let's do wanted... We can, I don't know, there, there are other questions. Okay, um, what other questions do you want to bring well, up? All right, just looking at what was left, there's one. Josh Weber also asked for some uh, Brantley feedback. Jalen Brantley, if he's going to get some main, meaningful playing time. I don't know what you think about that, Matt. Oh, he'll definitely get minutes. I think that's the most exciting thing for for Melo Trimble is that he'll actually get a break this season. Uh, Whether or not he's going to be an impactful player, I don't know, but he'll definitely at least take over for Melo towards the end of halves when we, you know, when we when we can sit him. As for the final two questions, uh, someone asked, "Why should we think Etzel can coach up these touted recruits coming in?" That was something that I I mentioned it before. Oh, okay. I just well, rephrased it to to more on point answer it because there is an answer because he's a I guess professional football coach and had notable success at a uh, zero football program in UConn. Uh, that does not mean he will automatically have success at Maryland, but, you know, there is some background there. He hasn't ever worked with top recruits before, so uh, I don't know. But he was also successful as an NFL assistant coach, so he's worked with top talent before. I don't know. It hasn't worked so far, but who knows. Uh, and, again, we got questions about who we would like to see replace Randy Etzel. We had a giant discussion on that on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, if you yeah. want really in-depth discussion. Uh, yes. But you could throw out a couple of names that people should be watching when they're trapped sure. inside this weekend uh always for big 10 teams the mac coaches de jour which would be bowling greens dino babers toledo's matt campbell uh brett bielema because he'll probably <laughs> end up getting fired well we're talking about mac coaches not mac coaches in spirit ah uh, okay and then otherwise i think you know people love frank reich offensive coordinator for san diego Chargers, but he might be big too big for this town we'll find out um <laughs> Other than that, you know, always weird names come out. It's it's a little bit hard to speculate this early, you know, when the coach still has the job because mm-hmm. we're a far way away from that. But I guess those coaches and uh, Temple's Matt Rule are yes. to keep an eye on. 
I, I started that. Remember, if that ends up happening, remember, I started it on this podcast. <laughs> I, I had to do that. So it's a shorter podcast because we just decided we didn't want to talk about Maryland against uh, West Virginia all that much, which was probably wise. Although, Pete, uh, you are no longer managing editor of this site. You have handed it over to Alex and Dave. Getting mazel tov to you. Um, you. And you'll be writing about uh, esports, too. Colin Cowherd's going to hate you. Yeah, that's okay. I already don't like Colin Coward, so we'll get along famously. That's that's great. And Matt, congratulations. You have t- finished up your first podcast. Did right. it go as you expected it to, or how did, what did you think? Hopefully. I'll clean up my act as I start getting into real <laughs> basketball season. When we get into real basketball season, you're going to be called upon a lot. So All right. you, need to be, you need to be prepared. As, as will you, Pete. You're still going to be around. Just right. because you're not yep. managing editor anymore doesn't mean you're going to get away from some of this. You're still going to have to talk. You just don't have to ask me any questions anymore. Well, I'm just, I'm just here to ask questions on air, not off air. Oh, uh, well, I still need to know when you're able to record. Yeah, I guess that works. That That's definitely so. So if you enjoy the Michigan game, should it happen, I'm, I'm, I'm posting this now because if forecasts can verify, this wouldn't be very good at all. Uh, I, I If I have to take a guess, if there's anything near a tropical system coming this way, the game won't happen at 8 o'clock. I'll say that right now. But either way, it's going to be very rainy and the stadium is going to be very empty. So get excited to play Michigan in an environment like that. And uh, stay safe because it could get bad. And if it gets bad, hopefully all of our listeners in the DMV stay safe because this would not be fun if it happens. Uh, This might be the first place you hear about any of this stuff, but if some of this stuff verifies, it could go into panic mode very quickly. So I'm just saying that now. So I'm on campus. Pete, you're in wherever you are. I'm in D.C. We will have a post on Testudo Times updating on the weather situation. Yes, because it's going to become a question very, very soon. I don't. Yes. I, it might become a question as soon as to, today. I almost said tomorrow, but I was wrong. Uh, everybody stay safe. Congre- thank you to Pete and to Matt for joining us. Of course. Thank you.